Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jim Jansen, and I am your host for the EquipCast. And um, I'm really glad you joined us today. I don't know if uh, somebody sent this to you, if uh, this was the result of an invitation from a friend, or uh, you're just a regular subscriber and this just popped up because your hands were full and this was the next next podcast you had in queue. But I'm really glad we're I'm really glad you're here because we're going to be talking about invitation today uh, with my friend Pat Dempsey. Pat, welcome. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I've been fanboying over this this podcast for a little <laughs> while now. So yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a dream come true to be with you today, my friend. Wow. Yeah. Now now we're now you're on the other side of the mic. So Pat, you know how this works, right? You've listened to your share of Equipcast episodes. Tell us a little bit about how you first encountered Jesus. Right. I've been thinking about that question and. Um, so I don't have a St. Paul road to Damascus moment. I don't have, mm. uh, you know, bright lights and booming voices saying, this is the moment. Um, what I have is retrospectively looking back at my life, just some steady progress from mm. not being engaged at all to being rather, rather on fire and, you know, decidedly engaged. So I guess I'll just give you a few of the highlights. Um, yeah. I did I did go to Catholic school. I went to St. Robert's here in Omaha. During my time in Catholic school, my parents divorced. And mm. we weren't really all that um, religious about going to church mm-hmm. and to begin with. And then that all pretty much just fell by the wayside when they divorced. Uh, I then um, went on to go to high school at Creighton Prep. And same kind of thing. When I first entered prep, wasn't really on my radar to be all that engaged. Although somewhere along the way, I picked up the habit of going to their um, optional, like weekly mass. But I never went to like Sunday mass because it just kind of wasn't in my brain to do that. Mm -hmm. But at prep, just like uh, the other Catholic schools here in town, there was a requirement to go on retreat. And my freshman retreat ended up being a life, definitely a life-changing experience for me. Uh, it introduced me to like actually experiencing the faith. So if I, yeah. in this moment, if I had to tell you when I first encountered Jesus, at least that's the one that kind of first pops into my mind. That ended up being something that not only um, fed me my freshman year, but then I was involved in it all four years. Uh, and especially my senior year, I was one of the co-chairs of our uh, you know, leading that class's freshman retreat. So it was a nice. very powerful experience for me. Um, but just like almost everybody else uh, of a certain age, at least of my age, um, that was kind of fleeting. So mm-hmm. I went off to college. My, my faith fell by the wayside again, turned back into an optional thing, wasn't going to mass on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, f- fell into a little bit of a Thursday night liturgy crew, but lot, lots of parish or lots of college campuses have that kind of set up. So that's what I did. That introduced again, faith into my life and did some retreats, but it was kind of, uh, it it was a little fleeting. Uh, Got married. My wife said, hey, uh, we're going to have a family. So we really need to go to mass. So then we got back into going to church. 
Um, fast forward several years, and I was um, invited to join a faith sharing group at my home parish of St. Columkill. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, you know, I used to do that kind of stuff when I was in high school. Maybe that'd be cool. So I did that. Mm. Um, and then that's when the snowball started to build. And a few years into that, my dad passed away. That was a watershed moment for me to like really ask the serious question of yeah. what is next. And so I decided literally at his um, funeral mass, I, I looked at the cross and said, well, either that's real. And if that's real, then I need to be all in or it's you know not real. And if it's not real, then I'm totally wasting my time. And I should just give up on this whole enterprise of Christianity. Obviously, I'm here, right? So I decided yeah. for God. <laughs> Which way did it go, Pat? Right, right. And then, um, gosh, I don't know. I could keep going and going. Um, I, a major, maybe I'll, I'll spare you the rest of the gory details. But um, a major thing that happened in my life is I had um, several years ago, gosh, eight, eight, maybe eight, nine years ago at this point, I had a really healthy habit. Healthy, <laughs> I had a habit of listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. and um, and not the best stuff. I guess you know, not terrible, but not the best stuff. And uh, one Lent, I thought, gosh, I wonder if I could get rid of some of this crap I'm listening to and just listen to something that's like Catholic and maybe might help me a little bit. And the first one that came up with Catholic was uh, Catholic Answers. I thought oh, I'll give this a try. And like yeah. whatever, it's been eight or nine years later, I haven't missed an episode. And now there's like. 12 or 13 Catholic podcasts I listen to every week. So yeah. Anyway, hey, give, give some shout outs. What are, what are your favorites? Oh gosh, I'm going to forget them, but Catholic answers is still a major staple. Uh, the Catholic man show out of Tulsa. I love mm-hmm. those guys. Um, Godsplaining um, uh, Catholic stuff. You should know our, our, our priest friends out of Denver. Yep. Um, uh, closer to home. We have outcast Catholic that's out of uh, Lamar's area yeah. uh, diocese of Sioux city oh gosh uh uh word on fire i mean you know, i i yeah i'll send you some yeah all the cool yeah that's great i i knew yeah. father nathan gobels uh when he was a focus missionary we served together so yeah. it is hilarious he of course has changed and hasn't changed at all like he was he was <laughs> yeah. that off the wall father i love you but like he was he was that off the wall uh as a as he, you know, as he comes across on the podcast, like that's all real. (laughs) And that's him. And that makes, I mean, it's, he's a pretty awesome guy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So Pat, you don't work for the church. I mean, just tell us a little bit about your day job as much as you can. You're a spy, right? No, you're not actually a spy, but you're. (laughs) Well, okay. So let me, one last thing I I neglected to mention, and it might be germane to our, our continuing conversation is that I am currently in year three of formation to become a deacon for the yeah. Archdiocese of Omaha. So no, I don't work for the church, but I'm going to do my level best to try to, to serve her anyway. Yeah. Um, but yes, you're right. Uh, my day job has nothing to do with the church. Um, I am a contractor. Um, I, don't, I guess I won't say who particularly I work for, but I work on a government contract for United States Strategic Command. I am in my, uh, I'll just be, um, at the end of the year, I'll be finishing my 26th year. No, that's not right. Probably finishing my 27th year of, of working on this particular contract. Uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, I can tell you this, the acronym of the contract that I work for is drum roll, please mass. So <laughs> it's M A S S. So I literally go to mass every day. Um, uh, <laughs> all day long, all or at least long. eight hours a day. Yeah. All day long. That's great. Um, so yeah, we do software development. Uh, Actually, it's really funny. Like 
a lot of the people that I encounter in deconformation, in uh, whatever, what, all the different Catholic stuff that I do, there's a lot of people in IT, a lot of people who, uh, yeah, who type on a keyboard and look at a screen all day long for their living. Mm. Well, no. Pat, I wanted to like actually make sure we we touched on that because I love, right, I mean, speaking of fanboys, right, I'm sure there's a bunch of people like, wait, is this the same Pat Dempsey from the pastoral conference? Uh, part of the reason why I really appreciate your perspective and talking through just the way you live your faith, but particularly around the theme of invitation is this is just Pat Dempsey, right? Ordinary guy by day, missionary disciple by day. You know, it's just like, it's just part of who you are and it's not your job. It's not something that you're assigned to. It's just, it's just part of like your Christian life. Um, and so that's maybe kind of like a nice way to, to start off. Um, you've used friendship, just ordinary friendship as a vehicle for the way you live out your calling as a missionary disciple. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, just like the story of how you've just done that, just lived as a friend and used those friendships very naturally as an opportunity to make some life-changing invitations for people. Okay. We got to get this part of the discussion out of the way because this is going to be the most awkward part of it. Um, Oh, good. That's the best part. Probably a number of your listeners are going to think this is ridiculous. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. But I have leveraged Facebook as a huge opportunity for me to um, tell the rest of my story, so to speak. Mm. So, yes. Wait, now, okay. What do you mean by that? By, by telling the rest of your story? Well, so, and I'm sure we'll probably ver um, verge into this discussion later, but in my day job, uh, I'm in a quasi-supervisory role and mm -hmm. have been for a long time. And because I'm in that role, I, like many people, find it to be a, a um, very challenging situation to try to witness to Christ and to wear my faith on my sleeve in the workplace mm -hmm. Precisely because of uh, the um, like leveraged position that I have over other people, because I'm right. in a position of authority, right? So I, I right. never, ever, ever want to give the appearance that if you're not on the same team that I'm on, that that is going to somehow uh, adversely affect your, um, you know, your employment perspectives, and you know, I don't want to make a any very, very easy for people to receive things hostily, even if you don't mean them to be received hostily. Right. So, so like in my day job, I'm not anti-Christian, right? And, and I live in a, a way that is consistent with my Christianity. And I try to conduct myself in a way that you could, you know, like the old song goes, they'll know that we're Christians by our love, right? That they would yeah. hopefully be able to just see that my, the way I, I conduct myself in the workplace is con completely consistent with my Christianity, yeah. but there's not really, there's never really, uh, maybe with only exceptional circumstances, me saying, Hey, let's pause for some prayer or, Hey, I'd like to call right. this meeting order and, you know, let's pray. So there's, there's not an explicitness to my Christianity in the workplace. Yeah. And that makes but, sense. Yeah. I mean, I think most people can probably relate Although every work environment's different, there's a general, I, I love what you said, especially when you're a supervisory role, there's a general like expectation 
of pluralism and of respect. And the last thing I want to do is have give any appearance of like kind of like coercion or special treatment or or adverse treatment because of the position I'm in as a supervisor. Exactly. So I right. love that. Yeah. Right. But to, so to get back to how I leverage Facebook, then I allow people who or, you know want to, who are um, friends with me at work, or, or at least acquainted with me at work, to be quote friends. And you know, I use that term right. very loosely. Right. With me on Facebook, and so then on Facebook, I don't, I don't keep those same guards up on Facebook. Right. In fact, you have a different I, context. I, yeah. Well, I, I have a different context, but I also have, um, I treat it as mission territory. And that's, yeah. so that's the part where people might say, well, what the heck, you know, social media is just absolutely poison. And why would anybody be there? And, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with that, except I am going to argue with that because whether <laughs> we like it or not, it's here to stay. And if we're not there, then, right. then, you know, then we just cede that whole realm to the enemy. And I, at least me, I'm not willing to do that yet. So yeah. I, you know, I have made that a place where you're going to get the rest of the story of Pat Dempsey, right? So nice. you may not see me uh, coming, walking down the hallway at work, talking about my latest Lexio Divina experience, right? But you will see that if you follow me on Facebook, right? And because people can get the rest of the story there, mm -hmm. that has then later occasioned those closed door meetings, sometimes even in the workplace, where I didn't bring it up. But people know that I am a person of faith and yeah. that I am a person of some depth. At least I am these days. Well, no, I can't say that's always <laughs> been the truth. Yeah. But, you know, and that they can have an elevated conversation with me behind closed doors that's going to matter. That's awesome. Pat, talk about, and maybe it wasn't a challenge for you, but I think, I mean, you are certainly not the first Christian to make the observation hey, I think social media is here to stay. Hey, it's kind of an ugly place, but how much worse would it be if all people of manners and faith were to disengage? How did you, again, maybe it was easy, but how did you discern that you had a, a ministry or a calling there or a need to stay present? All right. So this is where I bring in the little catchphrase that I, I shared with you at the pastoral conference. That mm -hmm. was a dove shove right? That was the Holy Spirit prompting me. This was, again, I've lost the beat on the timetable, but let's call it eight or nine, maybe 10 years ago, something like that. I just was thinking, you know, I've seen sometimes people share some things about the faith. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I could do that, you know, because it, I, yes, because what had happened is at that point, I had spent a good number of months or maybe it was just months at that point, listening to Catholic Answers Live on podcast. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I went to Catholic school for 12 years, but like, I didn't know this stuff, you know, yeah. or, or maybe I was just too much of a dunce to figure it out the first time through the first 12 years through it. Right. So, <laughs> so there was this awakening and discovery of the intellectual side of our faith and, and the, how the gears yeah. and the levers and all that stuff works. And so some, something happened and I can't quite put my finger on it other than just the Holy Spirit said, Hey, why don't you give this a shot? And you just kind of dip your toe in. And I remember I started off with these cheesy little Catholicism 101 posts. And they were just <laughs> pith, pithy little, hey, uh, did you know that you're really supposed to go to mass on Sunday? And if you don't, that's kind of going to result in some 
unpleasant outcomes for you in your afterlife, right? Like if you knowingly and willingly don't go to mass, that's, that's bad, right? So it was, it was easy to digest stuff like that. There's nothing deeply spiritual. I didn't even at that point have much of a uh, prayer life or mm-hmm. a deeply, uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a strong relationship with the Lord. Really what I just had was this knowledge that I was acquiring and I just wanted to share it. So little by little, I just got bolder and bolder about sharing more and more. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it this way because I don't want to make it sound like it's fake. But I, I d- developed my social media persona, as you might say. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. me. I mean, that the person that you see on social media is really me. But I just rounded it out so that people could airbrushed a little bit. No, little, not even. I'm just, I wouldn't I'm even just say, teasing. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but it's. I what I wanted to do was, or I guess I didn't want to do this originally. But what I have in the fullness of time looked back on all this and realizes, is. Um, I was able to, again, tell the rest of the story of me. Here's who I am. Yeah. If you want to be friends with me, this is the whole package, right? And part of that is I'm going to love Jesus. And that's the most important thing in my life now. And you're going to see that in how I conduct myself here in this crazy internet world. Pat, I love that. I mean, it, in some ways, it's the opposite of the persona uh, image where people choose to hide parts of themselves and magnify other parts of themselves. And I hear this, you said it several times. It's like the rest of Pat Dempsey. It's like, yeah, I'm actually just not going to hide my Pat. I mean, anybody who knows you, like, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to hide my passion. I'm not going to hide who I, who I am. You know, I have this best friend and uh, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. uh, It's like the, it's actually the opposite <laughs> of the, of the kind of, you know, yeah. Cultivated image. It's just a, just a full honest image, which, which is hard to do because it's kind of, you know, I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's, we're, we're nowhere near in the United States to, to living in a persecuted country. I mean, I know sometimes we, we feel that way, but, you know, make friends with someone from India or China or, you know, certain parts of the, the former Soviet Union, like they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what it's really like, but yet culturally it's not, you know, always popular to, to be Christian. And so we feel a subtle pressure to hide that parts of our, that those parts of our, of our story. Well, and make no mistake, I, you know, I'm still feeling that pressure, you know, it's so in one way, as the weeks, months, and years tick by, it's easier and easier for me to be uh, vulnerable and, you know, just share and, and, and just kind of be, um, to have that holy boldness in social media, but in a different way, as the, as the world just keeps spinning out of control, as Western culture keeps really coming off the rails, mm-hmm. I do fear that, you know, eventually this is going to come back to uh, haunt me a little bit. And, you know, I, it's not at all beyond the realm of possibility that someday my profession or my career could be in jeopardy because I am a professed Catholic. And mm. there's all kinds of stuff that comes along for the ride with being that. There's ample, you know, but you remember that, like, I don't know if they were doing this when you were in high school, but I, I remember, I think it was very young when I first heard this. It's like, you know, what if Christianity became illegal? And what if there were trials to determine if someone was indeed a Christian? Would there be enough evidence to convict you? And it's like, there's a lot of evidence to convict Pat Dempsey. And that's actually a oh, good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go down in flames if that happens, but not eternal flames. So that's the best part. Yeah. That's, 
Okay. So Pat, I mean, this might be, this is on my mind. I wonder if other people listening, how do you handle like the toxicity? Because I think for a lot of people, like it's the, it's maybe the fear of what could happen, that nasty post, that criticism, you know, that, that response, how do you handle that? Cause I'm, I mean, I'm just assuming it has happened. How, how have you responded? Poorly. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. No, Moving yeah, on. yeah. No, I, no, no, no. I ha- I, I've learned. I learned. I learned multiple times early mm. on the hard way that re- that fighting, arguing, you know, in social media is is stupid. You know that that goes nowhere, and mm. it just gets me revved up. And so I have a personal rule that I don't argue in social media. And and also to be honest with you, if somebody puts something that is just, you know patently objectionable as a comment mm-hmm. or something like that. Hey, it's my wall and I'll delete it. You know, I, I don't feel like somebody owns right the, the narrative on something that I'm trying to tell. Now, if it's if it's respectful and they just disagree, I'll let it stand, you know, and sometimes I feel like that's okay. Um we can, you know, it's, it's all right to have to be challenged a little bit. Um yeah. but I yeah, I don't get drawn into that. Um and and if I do get drawn in then I'm breaking one of my own cardinal rules. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but let me, I, I guess to maybe, I, I kind of want to take this a slightly different direction. So, yeah. yeah, because I didn't, you didn't have me on here to talk about social media. What I wanted to get to eventually is that the social media, other, apart from also just like saying, all right, here's me. If you are interested in being friends with me, this is the whole me. It has been an occasion for me to be able to be invitational. Hmm. So um, it's not the only way I, we could talk about some other things I'm involved in, but it maybe is the most noteworthy way where I've had some success because once people kind of see, okay, well, this is what this guy, this is the kind of stuff he puts up here. This is the kind of stuff that interests him. Mm-hmm. Um, then if I come around and say, Hey, I would like to invite you to do something with me that I call fellowships, which by the way is a really, really cheesy name. So I apologize for anybody who thinks that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, it's but fellowship. It wasn't patented. So that's no, good. it's not patented uh, but it's a uh, but yeah that's mine um and by the way if you're ever going to do it the requirement is it has to be bottomless chips and white queso if it doesn't meet those two criteria then you got to call it something okay else. yeah so that so that is yeah not patented but trademarked yeah, or whatever, yeah, <laughs> whatever right. yeah, you gotta gotta have bottomless chips white queso right right so but with the, so but just to kind of little talk, talk a little bit more about that um you know okay i got this i got this um momentum built. I've got a snowball built of here's who I am. And then every once in a while, if the spirit moves me, I'll say, okay, Lord. Um, I won't say, okay, Lord. I'll say, well, yes, yes, Lord. I responding to your push, your dove shove. And I'll cast the net and say, Hey, uh, friend uh, quote on social media. Mm-hmm. If this interests you, if you would like to have a deep conversation that doesn't require any uh, any commitment. It can be a one-time thing. There's no homework. There's no, you know, it's like the easiest thing. We're going to just get together at a Mexican restaurant, eat some chips. You can have your drink of choice. It'll be an hour, hour and a half, whatever you want. If you think it's the dumbest thing ever, we never have to see each other again. As long as you're not lactose intolerant, you should be good. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I've had, I've had a number of people take me up on that offer because let's face it, we all eat, right? It's yeah. So it's not like I'm saying, hey, I want you to come to this six-week program. Or it's not even like I'm yeah. saying, hey, I want you to come to uh, you know, this hour and a half 
thing where we're going to share our feelings and go through a program and I'm going to teach you how to pray. Um, although that may actually, some of that stuff might yeah. happen. But you're like, course. but I could get there if they want it. Yeah. Yeah. But we could get there. So it's a, it's a really uh, non-threatening, non-weird uh, way to start. Yeah. So. How many, like, how, how does that go when you, when you make those invitations? Like what's your, what's your batting average? Are you like 50%, 80%? People are like, queso, sounds great. Well, so it's kind of hard to, to answer that question because I cast a wide net and then just wait and see who takes me up on the offer. Oh, so okay. if you look oh, at it, it that way, my batting average is horrible, like it's <laughs> pathetically low. But let's let not me, look at it that way then. Yeah. So let's not look at it that way. Let's look at it this way. I had somebody, okay, we're going to spare the names to protect the innocent here, but I had somebody who our sons played on the same sports team uh, let's just round the numbers seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. This was an acquaintance. This was somebody who I, you know, I was friendly with, but otherwise you never see in real life. Um, and only at this point, you know, do we just like each other's posts, you know, on Facebook, that's it. A year ago, I had it on my heart to reach out to this, uh, this gentleman. I did. Uh, he's like, yeah, let's do that. It'll be great. And then it fell through and he didn't follow up. And I just took that as a sign of, eh, you know, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to press. Mm -hmm. I just let it go out of the blue two Sundays ago, bright and early. I get a, a message saying, Hey, let's do this. And he had had some things go on in mm, his life. Nice. He had, he had a couple people that had died in the last two weeks. Wow. Uh, one of, one of whom was like a very, very close friend of his and to make a long story short, he'd been experiencing that God-sized hole in his heart. And, um, you know, like he didn't have anybody in his life that he could have a deep, you know, holy conversation with. And he just wanted to know, how do I get started? Yeah. So here come the chips and the drinks and an hour. And it was almost two hours of just kicking it, you know, just just talking to each other, you know, over over the table. and. Yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, Pat, I'm drawn back to your own story as you talked about like there like a lot of your story as you told it was just kind of some of these major life moments but then you talked about the death of your father. It's like these key moments of transition, you know, high school to college and death of your dad where oftentimes I think people, I mean I've had this experience where I've had people in my life that were fantastic Christians, but for whatever reason, I didn't recognize them as a place that I could go to and ask questions and connect. And you've used Facebook, social media to be, to be in a place where actually people like people just know, and you, you, you've kind of thrown out a wide net there. So there's an, there's an open invitation so that in a moment of grace, they know where to turn. And, and they, and you're like, yeah, invitation's always there. Right. And by the way, I'm, I'm not some kind of surrogate Messiah here either. So it's, it's not just that they know where they're turned, but they, they see for some of them the first time that there are people who actually care about this stuff. Yeah. Right. Who actually ha care about stuff other than, you know, politics or entertainment or sports, Yeah. that there might be more to life than those three things. And um, yeah, and and I believe it opens their eyes to just a larger world, and and I'm happy to be uh, one tiny little voice in that larger world. 
let me ask, kind of taking a different direction here. In the non, right, so besides the big casting a big net over Facebook or social media, in more kind of personal, just friendships, day-to-day interactions, I think I think many of our listeners struggle with a fear about imposing their own story, you know, or or making an invitation that's just not going to land well, or the fear is it's not going to land well, it's not going to be received. Uh, how do you know when it is the right time to invite a friend to make to take the next step in their faith journey? How do you discern that? <sighs> Um, that's a really good question, my friend. Um, I don't know why you had me on this podcast because I am absolutely not an expert in that question. Um, I think the answer is you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think the answer is that you need to attenuate your ears to the Lord's voice. So um, if you if you just think that you're going to you know march out in the world and discern that this person needs, you know. This, this person needs to be taken aside to the woodshed or to some place to eat chips yeah. and have that conversation. Um, I don't, maybe, maybe there are people who are able to read souls like that and just know. Mm-hmm. For me, it has been more of a, you know, that Holy Spirit prompting that says, hey, we've done this before. Take a breath. You know that it's okay. You know that generally speaking, when, um, when people are approached, uh, that, it, you know, if I come to somebody authentically and say, Hey, the, you know, this might sound crazy, but, um, I'm a person of faith and the Lord has kind of put it on my heart that I feel like I should at least ask you, would mm-hmm. you be interested sometime in, you know, just meeting up to talk about where you're at, that I'm reminded by the Holy spirit in those moments that most people don't laugh. Most people don't scoff. Most people even if they might not take you up on the offer. And that's certainly been my experience too. I mean, not everybody right. says, let's go for it, but at least they are, um, you know, they're appreciative. And yeah, as I, the sincerity you, is winsome. When, I'm so glad you use that word winsome because that, yeah, that's a word that I wanted to get to here eventually too. Like, yeah, it's great. You can be um, smarty pants and I can listen to thousands of hours of Catholic answers and I can tell you all the things. But mm-hmm. people, people, I mean, some people kind of are interested in, in knowing some of the, you know, how the gears move in Catholicism, but most people just want that winsomeness. They, they just love the opportunity to just tell their story and have somebody actually sit and listen. Yeah. I, I think that's important. I, so I want to, I want to highlight two things when you're having these conversations, it's, it's mostly, I get the impression that you're listening to people tell their story and you're, you're taking interest in them. You're not regurgitating your Catholic Answers podcast for them. You're, you're paying attention to them and you're listening to what they're doing or what, what the Lord is doing in their life and just letting them talk. I've done both. So I have uh, made, and I'll just say it, I've made the mistake of saying, oh, you want to be like on fire for your faith? come on. And then I just give them the fire hose. And we're talking about praying the exam and Lexio. And, and we're talking about all the Catholic things and, you know, what are, all of Let's it. Let's talk about predestination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and that, you know, I mean, some people actually, I'm a person who um, have, has come to faith through my intellect more right. so than through my heart. So, I mean, it does kind of sort of work for some people, but I have learned the hard way that mm-hmm. it is better to kind of just 
keep it at a human level and maybe do a lot more listening than talking. Yeah. Especially for people like uh, there's this, there's one gentleman who um, we've, and I, I talked a little bit about this at the pastoral conference, but we've developed like a journeying together, right? I'm accompanying yeah. him. So yeah, when we get together, there is some degree of expectation that I'm going to be the, the old bearded sage who's going to impart my whatever knowledge I have, and we're going to maybe do some lexio and break open the word, right? But that's because we we're walking the journey together, and he and right. that there's kind of an expectation of that. But for those first invitations for people who are just dipping their toe. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't, you got to not be weird. Yeah. Well, and I hear you. So I hear you saying two things. One, you're like, okay, I can't read souls, but I can read people's Facebook. I can engage in conversation and try and be attentive to where they are at in the journey. When they're at the very beginning, it's like, okay, you know, my throwing all of this, you know, kind of Catholicism 501 at them isn't helpful. But deeper than that, you talked about, right, these dove shoves, or like, basically, you know, you're supposed to make an invitation because the Lord makes an invitation to you to make the invitation. Talk a little bit more about what that's like, because I don't know. I think that my conviction is that that's a common experience for people, but that they don't necessarily recognize it. So Pat, what does a dove shove feel like? Uh, it feels like you're supposed to do something. And if you don't do it, then you know that you've not done something you're supposed to do. Right. Mm. It's, um, I guess you could say that it's, it's not dissimilar to your conscience, right? Mm. Your conscience says, eh, don't, don't do that. Right. Mm. I guess you're, so hmm, you're, you're putting me on the spot. Cause I'm not sure I've thought this through very well, but if our conscience is something that in the main, uh, is our, um, ability to reject doing something that we shouldn't do mm-hmm. a dove shove is sort of like the positive formulation of that it's yeah. i'm sitting there and i just cannot take my mind off the idea that i should walk over to that individual i'll give you an example like this yeah. happens a lot um i'm uh, i'm part of saint paul street evangelization here in town and i mean multiple times there's just somebody who's kind of not coming up to talk to us but it's kind of orbiting around where we are <laughs> yeah. and you just get that prompt like, okay, Lord, you want me to walk over? Oh, but that person looks like they haven't had a shower in about four weeks, right? Or that <laughs> yeah. person, you know, looks like the, um, all the piercings and all of the, all of the tat, it's going to be a really, really weird conversation to say, Hey, would you like to talk about the Lord? Um, but still you, it's inescapable that there's something pressing on you to make that invitation. That's a dove shove, I guess. Pat, that's fantastic. I mean, that, that is not, that is, I love the way you put that actually. It's like the positive version of your conscience. I've actually heard multiple people explain it the same way. It's like, I cannot get this conviction, this thought prompting out of my head. And the, it's, I mean, it, it sounds a little bit like the prophet Jeremiah, you know, it's like, it's like, it talks about like, I can't keep the word of God in, in me. It's like, it's burning in my bones and, and he has to let it out. Um, I, I love the way you talked about that. I, I, I want to take a, a, a moment here. Cause I think, I think a lot of times people are scandalized by intentionality. And what I mean by that is people think if there's an intention to it, 
then it's somehow inauthentic or manipulative or you know using someone and i appreciate that concern because i mean right being inauthentic these days is is kind of the cardinal sin or certainly using someone uh you know or just coming at someone with impure motives of any sort, even if the impurity is just as simple as, hey, I need you to come to my retreat so I feel like a good retreat leader, <laughs> or I need you to, you know, I need you to talk with me about Jesus so I feel like I'm a good Christian, even if it's that kind of low level of impurity, nobody wants to feel used and nobody wants to feel like you're using someone. I think the real, the real solution though isn't to stop being intentional and isn't to stop listening to those prompts. It's, well, it's to let the Lord purify our intentions and to come with them with this, like, I'm just, I'm just kind of here out of a joyful obedience to start a conversation. I totally agree. And um, the word that keeps coming to my mind as I think about this, I guess two words come to my mind, authenticity mm -hmm. and having an integrated approach. Mm. So like, we what do you mean by that? Well, so if I come to somebody and say, Hey, would you like to go do this, you know, meet up or whatever, or would you like to someday um, just chat about the Lord? If it feels like that person is a project mm -hmm. or a program, or, you know, like I'm trying to unlock an achievement of number of converts or, you know, right. <laughs> I have a quota that, this month. Yeah. 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 I mean, it has to be, so when I say it has to be in a, it has to be integrated with the rest of your personality. And that mm. goes back to what I was trying to say earlier is that, um, you know, so people have approached me, um, you know, they've messaged me and then that leads to meetups mm -hmm. because they know that if, when I cast the net and say, Hey, let's go to do fellowships or let's, you know, if you just want to talk or whatever, they know that it's not like some weird out of left field, totally disintegrated um, thing that doesn't cohere with the rest of their relationship with me. Like, it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, there's a context. Yeah, there's a, exactly. There's like, okay, it makes sense that he would reach out to me and ask me this question because it's consistent with the way he lives his life and his value system. You know, if yeah. I, if I was at, um, well, let me put it another way. If the way you conduct yourself around your friends, around your coworkers is not like coherent with the gospel, right? Yeah. If you, if you're, I, I don't know, I, I guess I don't want to give examples, but let's just say you do right. things right. that you really wouldn't want Jesus to be in on. Right? Yeah. If yeah. What you're Sadly, doing is, we all have things that come to mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. So I'm, I'm not a saint, uh, not yet anyway. So if you're living in a way and you just, you know, if your sense of humor, if what's important to you, if what you prioritize, mm -hmm you know, how you spend all of your free time. If all of the rest of your life outside the hour that you spend at mass on Sunday, please God, you are going to mass on Sunday. If all of the rest of your life is not coherent with and integral integrated with the Christian life, then if I, then if you go to somebody and say, Oh, I'm going to try this, this evangelization thing, and I'm going to try to be mm -hmm. um, invitational, it's going to be disintegrated, right? It's going it's yeah. to come off as being weird. Like, where does this come from? Yeah. But if it's totally harmonious and consistent with your ethos, how there's how you live, 
then it's not going to be as as much of an ask or as much of a sell, right? To get yeah. people to, to, especially if what you're asking them to do is really disarming, right? You know, let's go have a meal. I love that. And in fact, I want to actually, I want to rate, I'll see you, I'll see you authenticity and integration and I'll raise you. I want to actually say something maybe a little bit controversial. And that is when you're feeling a, a prompting or a call or something to like, man, I should really share my faith or I should really invite this person. But you're also feeling overwhelming fear. Don't just do it. And what I mean by that is like, okay, I'm feeling like a lot of fear here. Like, okay, don't just force your way through the fear. Now there's some, you know, little like, okay, I've got little butterflies or I'm a little nervous. I'm going to take a risk, you know, at the Lord's leading. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're like, you're really kind of afraid and you're like, you're not yourself. You're a little bit, you know, you're a little bit outside to just stop and pray and, and let the perfect love of the Lord as you pray for this person, pour into your heart. And if that takes minutes, hours, days, weeks, let the Lord bring you to a place where you are so at peace with whatever happens and so blissfully unconcerned with yourself and focused on the other person that you can actually give a normal invitation. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not against people going outside of their comfort zone. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when they're like, you're so far outside of your comfort zone that you can't not be weird and that you're beyond your ability. It's like, just let the, like, just stop and pray and let the Lord fill you up. It's pretty rare that, that a moment is irreplaceable and that you're never, ever, ever going to get another chance. And I, I just think that's, I know that's countercultural. You know, some people are like, no, you know, eternity is worth the awkwardness. And I think it is, <laughs> but sometimes, it's just worth pausing and letting the Lord invigorate us with his love for this person and letting that fear subside a little bit so that we can just be authentic and be ourselves. Right, right. So yes, I'm glad you took the conversation in this direction. Let me let me riff on that just a little bit too. Please. Um, I'm going to tell you a story, but before I tell you the story, holy boldness is a muscle you can build, right? So yeah, if you've never done it before, that yes. first time that you ask somebody to do something, to come with you to a program at church, to um, uh, whatever it is, you know, have yeah, a conversation. Yeah. The Your first, first time you ask, it's weird. Okay, but <laughs> yeah. guess what? That's how life is, right? The first time that my wife and I started to pray couples prayer, where it was this mm. extemporaneous prayer, we'd been married for, oh, gosh, we'd have been married 24 years or something. And all of a sudden now we're just going to actually make up words that we're saying in front of each other and pray. <laughs> it was so weird for like three days. And then it wasn't weird anymore. Now we just do it like it's nothing. Right. Oh, that's, that's exactly, awesome, that's how, that's how all of this stuff goes. Right. Yeah. Prayer, I mean, every, tying your it. shoes is hard the first couple of times, yeah. but I'm glad I persevered. <laughs> Right. So, so first things first is acknowledge that the weirdness and the fear and the awkwardness of that is just because you've never done it before. And the more you do it, the, you know, that I'm not saying it necessarily gets, okay. It would be wrong to say that you get to the point where it's not no big deal at all. There's still all kinds of prompts that I am wrestling right. with the Lord over. Like, gosh, please don't make me actually do this right now. This would be so weird. Right. Yeah. But I, you know, but, and sometimes I win and sometimes he wins and we'll see. 
But the story here's the rest of the story that I, I, I got to share with you. So th this isn't per se about being invitational, but I think it totally holds. Uh, we were at, um, I was at mass and this was a mass that was happening um, during the first deacon formation weekend of last year. So this would have been my second year. Okay. And that means it also happens to be the first weekend where I was going to have to give a practice homily. Mm. Uh, fun fact, those things are not easy, right? Mm -hmm. So, and no. uh, especially if you happen to be like me and you don't have a very good memory, right? So I'm just dying at mass. I'm thinking, you know, I'm super nervous. Uh, you know, my heart is racing. Uh, anyway, it's gotten better as the years have gone on, but I was super concerned about it. And uh, I just remember in mass, in prayer, I had this unmistakable feeling from the Lord. Uh, and, you know, I've never audibly heard his voice, but you can bet I heard this, like mm -hmm. I heard it, right? That he said, I did not call you to this ministry to make you suffer, right? I didn't call mm. you to this ministry so that you can sit and be petrified and suffer like this is going to be the end of the world, you know? So like, just trust, just trust that it's going to be okay. Yeah, you're nervous. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. All of that is true. But know that that is not the Lord giving you those feelings and that, you know, mm. the Lord doesn't care one hoot about all of that, right? He, he, want, he equips us to do what we have to do. Uh, and so if you are feeling that dove shove to go make that awkward ask, or maybe it's not awkward, but just to go say, hey, you're on my heart. And would you like to fill in the blank, whatever that is, um, know that, you know, that he'll honor that and that he he's he's with you and he loves you. And, and like the more awkward it is for you, it's like the more he loves you for giving it your best college try. I love that. Pat, I'll add one last thing here, and then I'm going to ask you for some kind of like closing advice. I think when we look at the biblical narratives, I'm thinking like Acts of the Apostles, right? It's just like full of these evangelization moments. Um, and when you read them in context, there is like, it's like the ultimate setup in, in that like the Lord has done all the, all the heavy lifting, right? So like there's this, yeah, there's this amazing conversation that develops, but the Lord put that person in, in their path. And literally it's like, oh yeah, there's like this huge rushing sound of wind that gathers all the people together, you know, on Pentecost. And there's, you know, and there's like Philip comes up to the, to the Ethiopian and he's like, literally, you know, like notices that the guy is reading the prophet Isaiah, you know, that's clearly talking about, uh, you know, the, the suffering servant, uh, Jesus on and on and on. All of the circumstances have been set up and so I think it's comforting for us to remember when we're in these circumstances and we're feeling this little prompting that the Lord has already done all the heavy lifting and the person that he's put in front of us is perfectly prepared for us. If they needed Scott Hahn, uh, fanboy, right? If they needed Scott Hahn, he would have sent, the Lord would have sent Scott Hahn. But when they need Pat Dempsey or Jim Jansen or Whitney Bradley, like, Right. It's like, okay, I must be with the Lord's help. I must be up for this because Jesus Amen. doesn't delegate badly. Amen. Amen. I was just practice preaching about this this last weekend. You know, I, uh, I, I liken the Lord, gosh, please forgive me, Lord, for this. But he's like, I consider him to be like the spring on a garage door. Okay. 
Oh, a spring on the garage door does. Are we going to actually... have to edit this out, Pat? Maybe might have to edit this out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It is spring like in a garage door. Spring in a garage door, right? So door doesn't open itself. Ah. Door is not going to open itself, but unless you're like of Herculean strength, you're not opening a garage door unless it's got that spring on it, right? I love that. And yeah. so the reality is, all you are doing is cooperating with opening the door. It's really the spring, or in this you know crazy example, it's really the Lord who's doing the work. Yeah. All you're doing is just saying, "Okay, Lord, you gave me the shove." I'll go do the thing that you're asking me to do. But yeah, make no mistake. It's the Lord who's doing all the heavy lifting. That's awesome. Okay, Pat, any closing comments? Uh, Particularly, I want you to just take a moment and think about the person who's listening this with some degree of horror, (laughs) right? The The whole episode has been a dove shove and they're like, crap, now what? What? What's your advice for them? All right. Uh, my advice, which I prepared ahead of time, because I'm good like that. Um, I would say, first of all, be careful, right? So mm. don't come out guns blazing. Um, you, we, whatever you say to the person that you're approaching ought to be consistent with the relationship that you have with that person, right? Yeah. If you have no relationship at all with that person, like this is a stranger on the street, you're going to do something different. Then if you have a relationship where the person knows that you are um, steeped in faith, right? Like Jesus matters to you, right? So you're going to have to adapt. Um, I wrote down what you said earlier, Jim, be winsome, Mm -hmm. right? This is not a fire and brimstone. I'm inviting you to come to the Lord um, because if you don't come to the Lord, you're going to burn in hell forever. Now that, I mean, like practically speaking, that might be true, right? Or it may not be true. I don't know, but that's not the way to get people in the door, so Mm -hmm. to speak, right? So winsomeness is uh, totally important. Um, Being consistent, integral, as we talked about earlier, authentic, whatever you do has to be consistent with who you are. And so I guess that that means like, if you want to get into this game of of evangelizing and bringing people to the Lord, then you got to be with the Lord first, right? It has to be a continuation of your own story. It can't yeah. just be some little side hustle that you go try, uh, try your hand at. Mm. Um, the Lord obviously plays the long game and we should take a page out of his playbook. So mm-hmm. just because somebody says no, uh, that doesn't mean that you didn't plant seeds, right? Yeah. So even, even if they don't accept your invitation, maybe no doesn't mean no forever. And as was the case with that example I gave you a while back, um, this acquaintance of mine, reached mm-hmm. out to me a year and a half later and said, all right, I'm ready. The time yeah. is right. And then I guess the other advice I'd say is start easy, start super easy. So uh, like I was saying, um, people like to eat. <laughs> Everybody yeah. does it every day, right? <laughs> Multiple so, times um, a day for some of us. I've, I've read that someplace. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, a super easy thing that you can do. It doesn't require any homework. There's no follow-ups. There's no obligation. I mean, there can be follow-ups, right? But there's no, you're not, programmatizing this. Yeah. It's just, you're just like, let's just be with each other. Yeah. Um, and if people aren't interested necessarily in being with each other, then there's all kinds of, uh, you know, the, we live in the golden age of Catholic and Christian media right now. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of stuff you could do, uh, all kinds of stuff you, you could suggest. Um, I, I can't get off of your podcast without making one pitch for the chosen. It's so good. <laughs> Go it's... for it. You've called me on this several times and, and you got me. I've, I'm up to speed. Got them all now. 
And I, I literally, yeah, I literally evangelized your family. I don't know if you're aware of that. You did. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Kim's yeah. like Pat Dempsey says we have to watch the chosen. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad you, you agreed. To that. Did. that was wonderful. And yeah. for all of those who are doubters who, who are like, Oh really? A churchy media. I know. I know all of the churchy media. I'm kind of a snob. I don't like it, but I do really like this. This is re- the, the chosen is, is really good. So I encourage, yeah. Encourage you. Yeah, if no. you have not give it a shot. Absolutely. Churchy media, it mostly sucks. It's mostly terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm saying that and then turning around telling you the chosen is wonderful. It's yeah, super it really awesome. is. It's very fun. Um, yeah. So that's my, that's my advice, I guess. Okay. So Pat, this would be like, I mean, we have to like, kind of like full circle. Um, not that you've been hiding anything, but if people want like the rest of Pat Dempsey, uh, where do they find you on Facebook? Uh, my name. Pat. And I'm, yeah, Pat Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah, just find D-E-M-P-S-E-Y. me. D E M P S E Y. S E Y. Yeah, I mean, so actually, you might find it difficult to distinguish me from the famous actor Patrick Dempsey, who was on Grey's Anatomy. We oh, are, sure. I mean, between our looks, the resemblance, and yeah, the right. money and the charisma, it's very, very difficult to keep us apart. But okay, is there um, any distinguishing feature they should look for to make sure they have the real Pat Dempsey? Yeah, my hair is cut way, way, way shorter. Okay, or as my enough. dad would say, I part it really wide. So. <laughs> That's awesome, Pat. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for spending time with us today. Um, all right, folks, wide part the real Pat Dempsey. And if you want the, if you want to connect, uh, if you're probably already subscribing. So share this with a friend. If not, if you want to connect, there's all sorts of good stuff uh, on our blog, equip.archomaha.org. Uh, there you can find this episode and a whole host of other uh, treats and treasures. So Pat, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thanks for being with us. God bless. God bless.